Hello Swim Talkers and welcome to another edition of Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week I talk to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. For today's podcast, I sat down with FINA Masters world record holder and surf lifesaving champion, West Australian, Graham Croft. Graham has competed in Masters for over 40 years and is a pretty deft hand in the ocean as well. And among other things, I wanted to find out why he still enjoys swimming and racing after such a stint in the water. His answers will inspire you. Let's listen in. Hi, Graham. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi, Daniel. Uh, yeah, it's great to be with you. Yeah, it's really good. Where Where are you coming to us from today? Um, I'm I'm speaking to you from Perth. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And what suburb of Perth do you live in? Uh, Wembley Downs. Oh, okay. Yep. So that's south, is it? Of- uh, no, no, that's uh, west west of Perth. Uh, okay. Sorry, um, yeah, west of Perth. Um, not far from where HBF Stadium is. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Just getting my Perth geography in the mind. Yep. yep. There's there's two pools near near us. There's the ballpark, which is the closest, and there's HBF. Oh, nice. It used nice. to be called Challenge, and you know, it's had a few names, but it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. So is that where the Perth Nationals was a few years ago? Yeah, that's where they've had uh, a couple of world championships there. I think two world championships have had that pool. Yeah, uh, a- that's that's our main that's our main complex. Yeah, yeah. And have you managed to get a swim in this week? Uh, I did one today. Um, yeah. I've done I've done uh, two swims this week. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. But, and were you just having a swim by yourself today, or did you swim with one of your? <clears throat> no, I swam with the squad this morning. Um, the only one reason I mainly go early it's at a five thirty start and. Um, I have an incentive at the end. We, we all go for coffee. So <laughs> That's nice. it's a chance, chance to catch up with everyone, have a chat. So one reason I don't have to get up at five o'clock, but um, Fridays I quite often go to the 5.30 session with the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which team is that that you're swimming with? Uh, it's like a sort of a private squad. It's, it's called the Rotto Squad. It's um, more focused on the channel, Rotto Channel Swim. So a lot of the people that uh, a lot of the folks that swim there are really focused on the ocean swim to Rotto, which is the 20k swim to Rotto. Um, but I've been swimming, and the chap named Peter Tannum runs that squad. Um, it doesn't cost anything to join. It's sort of a, it's a bit of an unusual situation. It's free, um, but as I say, most of the swimmers that focus on distance swimming, which doesn't really suit me so much, but I don't mind. Yeah. Um, but uh, they swim Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at five thirty. Uh, I just the, now that I'm retired, I just make the Fridays. Yeah. And where do you train the rest of the week? Uh, same pool, um, but either with uh, Claremont Masters on on a Tuesday or sometimes on a Friday when I don't go early. Um, and then the rest of the time it's on my own or with my partner Sue. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Now, I know you've been a master swimmer for over 40 years, but tell yep. us how you first got started in masters. What attracted <laughs> you at the start? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> my children really. Uh, they started uh, swimming um, at Inglewood Pool at a fairly young age, so eight or nine. Um, the three of them, two girls and a boy that um, uh, were swimming. Youngest Michael's the youngest boy, and then the two girls. Angela's the middle one. Uh, she was the, the, the bit of the out of the group, so she kept swimming. But 
<clears throat> when I used to take them to the pool in the mornings, uh, it was a six o'clock start back then at Inglewood Pool. So I ended up just dropping them off. Then I, I think I went in one day and then the coach uh, of that squad, uh, it's a, a couple, Lady and Dad, the DeLacy's uh, were the coaches. Um, they sort of started up a bit of a parents' lane. So oh. lane one was sort of the parents' lane. And <clears throat> so I jumped in there and started uh, training. Then I discovered that the Inglewood Masters was also at that pool. And uh, I sort of thought about it. Oh, I might just join Masters. And so I did. Yeah, that's that's sort of where it started from. But I kept training with my kids yes. in the parent, parents' lane, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, did you just do it at the start for training and fitness or did you start racing straight away? What, what was the sort of the fallout? No, um, I did the odd uh, race meet. Um, I didn't do a lot of competition then. Um, I gradually sort of worked into it, but I was enjoying my swimming and then I sort of discovered that my times were pretty much in line with what I was doing when I was at school. So I was pretty, pretty wrapped with that. Um, so, you know, as you get uh, involved in master swimming, you sort of set yourself some some goals and try and actually uh, obviously get your times down and, and try and get fitter. Um, and that sort of went from there pretty much. Yeah. Did you find yourself swimming the same events that you did when you were at school or did you branch out? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm a freestyler and a sprinter, so I'm not, even though I've some of those that information I've given you already in terms of, uh, some of my achievements <laughs> it wouldn't sort of necessarily indicate that I'm a sprinter, but I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, pretty much freestyle. Um, I managed to develop my butterfly. My breaststroke's not too bad. My backstroke is hopeless. Um, I know listening to one of your podcasts with Paul Lamont, uh, you know, he's an all-rounder. I'm not an all-rounder. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fine and i know that you do surf lifesaving and open water swimming as well did that all start back then or did you get into that much later that i started that much later as well actually um yeah it was probably around about when my daughter my little daughter angela joined scarborough surf club and obviously you know i was taking her down there as well so once again uh when you go down there i ended up joining the surf club uh did my bronze and then uh, I discovered ski paddling, which I really enjoy, uh, and then just started competing. Then master surf came along, and I decided to do some master surf, and I started to do <clears throat> quite well in that, um, particularly in the surf races. Um, yeah, and uh, I really enjoy it, and certainly I love my ski paddling. It's really yeah. it's something different, and it just a you know adds to a, adds to a different part of your body um, physicality in terms of the core, developing your core strength. Yeah, yeah, that's what Paul and I were talking about as well. He finds that that cross training really translates well into his freestyle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As well. yeah. yeah. Do you ever yeah. have any shoulder issues crossing over from the paddle to swimming in the pool? No, not really. Uh, the only shoulder, I did have a shoulder problem, not directly through, well, indirectly through swimming. I was competing in a in an ocean race and uh, I was just running up the beach trying to beat, beat one of my arch rivals to the finish uh, running up the beach. And some young guy, um, you know, 20-year-old, I was probably in my 50s, mid-50s, whatever it was then, <laughs> tried to squash past me and just sent me flying and I fell over and landed on my shoulder and badly uh -huh. damaged a ligament. 
I put up with it for quite a while, but then eventually I had to have surgery and that sort of slowed me down quite a bit. Yeah, so that was yeah. disappointing. But that's that's pretty much the only shoulder problem I've had. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. You must have taken good care of your shoulders and just eased into it over the journey. Yeah, I think you know, well, I, was, I, I did a lot of yoga when I was um, probably uh, probably... I haven't done yoga for probably properly for about 10 years. I still do a little bit, but probably 10 or 12 years ago, I was probably doing yoga two or three times a week. And I, I really, now that I look back on it, it probably was a fantastic um, thing to do in terms of helping my swimming. Um, I'm sure that added to the strength and flexibility. So that, that's probably helped my shoulders quite a bit, I'd say. And do you do much uh, work on dry land outside of the water, like any strength training? Uh, I, I try to do a bit of gym, but uh, time gets away from you. Uh, I generally go on Mondays to the gym, um, and that's probably pretty much it. Do a bit of stretching, but and I do a little in my gym sessions. I actually include a bit of yoga in there as well, but that's pretty much it, really. Yeah, and are you one of the type of swimmers that gets to the pool and does a little bit of stretching and activation before you get in the water, or are you straight into the water, <laughs> dive straight in? I'm terrible uh, like that. <laughs> I, I, I do a little bit of stretching, uh, but it's not nothing. I mean, I should do a lot more. Uh, I really should. And, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's a discipline I, I lack, unfortunately. I um, uh, I admit I must do more of that. I should. Do, I, I, I think I did when I was competing really well. Um, I know I went away for a couple of Masters events, in, certainly in Adelaide and Melbourne, where I really did a lot of stretching before I competed. Um, so prior to the event, I, and I've always done good warm-ups in when I'm competing. Um, I've always probably done at least a, probably a K 1.2 warm-up before I compete. Do you do that? I was asking Paul this same question. If you've, you've got um, a day of racing and you've got your events spread out, do you find that you just need that initial warm-up or do you go back and warm-up in between each race? Um Depends on the meet. Um, like if you do, if you're at a World Championships, you've got to pretty much do that anyway because the events are so far apart. Mm. If it's just a, say a, a states, uh, the events pretty much come one after the other. So I always do a cool down after each race. Um, you know, do a couple of hundred cool down and then go into the next race without worrying about warming up. Maybe nationals, wherever they may be, if there if there's a lot of time between events, I might do another warm up. Generally speaking, I don't warm up in most of the carnivals as I say, unless it's something like the world, world, the worlds where there's events. You know, might have one event in a day or two events in one day. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, talking about the worlds, let's let's have a talk about your um, two FINA world records: one in the two hundred free and one in the four hundred. Talk yep. us through each of those races. <laughs> talk us through the two hundred. Yeah, well, like? where did you do it? The 200 was pretty fascinating, really, because uh, yeah. I, I never even dreamt I could do a world record. It wasn't even on my radar. Um, but I trained pretty well, and I, and I was swimming pretty well. Um, I was, I don't know why, maybe it was the yoga, or I, I was training probably six to seven times a week and doing a reasonable, but, you know, quality sort of work. And when the event came around, it was um, 2003, that was, and... I just got in the pool and swam. I think I swam a pretty controlled race. I got to the end of the pool. Uh, I didn't do anything uh, different 
saw completely different to what I'd probably done in previous 200s, but I just felt really comfortable and really good. And I got to the end of the pool and looked up at the, it was at Challenge Stadium, and looked up at the electronic board and I saw the time. I thought, my goodness me, that's not a bad time. Uh, it was 2.12. Um, and then I, I remember I ended up bringing my wife and telling her, and she said, have you looked up to see if it's all, where there's in the world record? And I said, no, no, no. So uh, I went to the, they put all the results up on the wall at Challenge and I went and looked at the results and the, the world record, the previous world record was 2.13, I think it was. Wow. So I, I broke the record by a second. So I was absolutely wrapped. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> but the other, the other interesting thing was I actually broke the Australian record, which was held by Murray Rose. Oh, amazing. Uh, uh, and Murray Rose's record was 2.18. So I, I broke the Australian record by six seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was nice. I was, well, I actually ended up meeting Murray Rose later on in life, uh, you know, at another event. So it was um, it was nice to talk to him and have a chat. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yes, he's sadly passed now, but one of our great Australian swimmers, Murray Rose. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I actually met him in Turkey. I went to an ocean swim in Turkey. It's a Dardanelles swim. And uh, he, I think he was, he might have been just 70 maybe, Um and he won his age group and I won mine. And so we're on the sort of the podium one after the other. And then I sort of, then a couple of friends of mine from Queensland, he was staying with them. And so I ended up going to dinner with all of them. And uh, we had a nice chat, had a chat on the ferry as well. Yeah, so it was, it was really great to meet him and have a, a, you know, fairly long chat and get to know him. It was great, really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. And, and back to that 200, what, what's your race advice for people swimming a 200 like how do you swim it what's your race strategy oh look it's a tough race it's it, it really is a, just a big long sprint um you can't afford really to sort of ease off i, I go out fairly firm to start with not I mean, not flat out but you, you want to try and stretch out and get you know get your pace going early and then and then concentrate on leaving most of your effort to that third lap because i think the third lap is the one is the crunch lap and then when, once you've got through that third lap, it's really hang on. And that's what I pretty much do. I just hang on, try and not lose, you know, not lose your, um, your style, keep your, keep your technique going, uh, even though you're feeling the pinch. Um, but, yeah, I think that third lap is pretty critical in the way you swim it. Um, and I heard Paul, when it, on your chat with Paul Lamont about his uh, split on his, <laughs> on his uh, 200, was his 200 back? Uh, yeah, which was a dead, you know, dead set even split, which is fantastic. If you can do that, oh, you've really you've really got the rates under your control. So you know, and I'm not sure whether I have a negative split like that, but my splits weren't bad. Yeah. 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 Are you a good uh, a good turner, good tumble turner? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm fantastic. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, I think I get by. I. It's probably. You know, I'm getting a bit too old now, but I, I think there's still room for improvement. Um, starts are probably my main failing uh, because I do tend to stick to the block. I've, I've never broken in a race in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I do really stick on the block. I try and my utmost to get away and get a good reaction time, but it, generally it's around high sevens or 0.8. You know, yeah. I'd love yeah. to get down to sort of 0.6 or point, uh, high, high six or something, but... Yeah. Just doesn't happen, and um, but then again, I think my entry into the water has improved a lot in the last, you know, twenty years. I'm getting much more, 
uh, what is it, um, streamlined when I take off and go into the water from the blocks after you know a bit of coaching and getting trying to get the, the start technique right. Pretty absolutely critical in the 50, of course. Yes, yes, you can't muck it up in the 50, can you? No, no, you can't, no. Do you stick to the older type dive with our feet together or do you use the kicker? No, I use the kicker, yeah. yeah. No, a bit of coaching to do, you had, you know, how to do that properly and make sure you got the the distance between the front of the block and the kicker correct. Um, some people tend to have them a bit too short. You've got to you know get it out so it's a reasonable length in terms of where you're putting your back leg. Yeah. Um, so it's just a case of practicing to do that. Um, but a lot of times the blocks are not available to, to dive off when training's on. They're, they're sort of covered over or they're you know they're they hip prohibit you from diving. Yes. So you don't get a lot of chance to practice dive stance. Yeah. I mean, you're a pretty tall guy. How how tall are you? Uh, 6'2", six uh, 187, 188. Yeah. yeah. So what, what number do you have your kicker on? Um, four. Yep. yep. So it gives you quite a big, um, yeah, good base of support there. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I might go five, but generally four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think you. I think you actually you've hit on something that I noticed at nationals that I feel like a lot of people have their kicker a little bit too close to their front foot. Yeah, I'm sure so, they do. Yep, yeah, I agree. I think that's yep. um, something that people can practice and learn learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Let's have a talk about the 400 world record. Which <laughs> is that also in in Perth? Um, that was in Perth. Um, the 200 was in 2003. Yeah. Um, the 400 was in 2008, obviously a different age group. Yeah. Uh, that was the 55 to 59 age group, I think it was. Um, is that right? No, it was actually the 60 to 64. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, that was the Worlds in Perth. Um, I'd swum well in all of the freestyles when the 400 came up. Um, I knew I could go close because I'd done the National Masters in Melbourne a couple of weeks before that. And my time was really close to the world record. I think I think I did a 450, um, and then I did a, ended up doing a 448 in Perth, which was the world record. So um, yeah, and I um, I don't know. I, I was yeah. I, th I thought I could do it. And I did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as being a not being a 400 swimmer, I I thought you know it wasn't a bad effort really, <laughs> considering. <laughs> yeah. And um, the other thing was. And I was swimming back then, I was swimming a lot better over distance, even though, as I say, I'm a sprinter. But I, I had a chance to do the 800 world record as well. And that was, the time was 10.03. I ended up doing 10.06. So I missed it by three seconds. So I was a bit disappointed about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. What, so in that 400, what, what went right for you on the day? I think it's just the way I felt. I felt good. Um, I was fit. I trained, you know, trained a lot to get there. Uh, I was living in Adelaide for a couple of years, and I was, and I only just moved back to Perth. But I did all my training pre the Worlds in Perth in Adelaide, and the coach that I had that I was going or, or training with, uh, not every day but quite a bit, had a lot of techniques uh, that really seemed to work for me, you know, like towing buckets behind you and doing sprints with these young kids and that. And I managed to get some really good times in my training. So when I eventually ended up coming to Perth, back coming back to Perth, I, I think the 400, I just felt comfortable all the way through it. 
even though obviously I must have been hurting, um, I, I think the way I paced myself over each hundred was like I didn't go out too hard. Um, but then again, I, I had a bit of petrol in the tank when I came home in the last hundred. So um, it was a pretty evenly swum race in terms of how the splits worked. And you mentioned just before that you are a sprinter and yep. you like sprinting. Yeah. So what kind of training did you do before those two world records that led you into being so good in the two and the 400? So what were you, uh, what type of training were you doing? Yeah, look, that's, I don't really know the answer to that. Um, I've always trained uh, doing a lot of sprint work, um, but by the same token, I mean, I'd done quite a few ocean swims that year as well, but I was training, uh, I was doing a lot of quality work. Plus, as I said, I've been, I was doing yoga at the time as well, doing yoga three times, two to three times a week. Um, so I think strength-wise, flexibility-wise, that was all good. Um, but with with my training, I, I was doing a lot of 50s, a lot of 25s. I'd probably be in a swim session back then, my memory serves me correct, I'd probably do at least 24 or 25s uh, towards the end of a session. And some of those would be real high quality, like, you know, with a bit of rest. So I think when you're doing 50s and 25s, it's always good to have a session where, you know, people talk about how far have you swum today. And that's, that's not never been the important thing for me. Uh, I don't worry about how far I swum. It's, it's how much you put in to the actual effort. So, you know, you can do, sometimes we do 50 walkbacks, for example. So you... You, you do a hard 50, you get out of the pool and you walk back. By the time you've got to the other end and then you're ready to start again, you probably have maybe two minutes has gone by, and then you do your next one. If you do eight of those quite hard, it's really it's really good for you and it really gets your sprinting going. And uh, I'd recommend that as a form of getting your sprint times down to anyone that's doing sprints. Yeah. And you do those, you did that kind of set quite frequently leading up to those swims? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was doing, uh, I was doing, uh, I was doing more sprint work than distance work. Certainly, uh, leading up to the worlds in two thousand and eight, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, all the strength you had from ocean swimming, obviously translated between the two. Yeah, I think so. I, yes. I, I think what, a lot of swimmers, when they do a lot of open water swimming, they really find it hard to get back to sprinting. Whereas I, I think I just used the, the the longer distance ocean races just as a fill in more than anything else. Um, you know the fact that I, I still did quite well in those swims, but I didn't. I didn't lose. I didn't lose my sprinting ability, and I've always had that good fast twitch, which has been a bit of a blessing, I suppose, from a sprinter's point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that your stroke changes a lot between the open water and the pool, like with the sighting in the ocean water, open water? Oh yeah, you can get very untidy in the ocean. Um, I think particularly if it's a bit choppy, you know, you're always looking to see where you're going and your head's up. Um, it's really hard to sort of concentrate on your technique. Um, when you get back in the pool, maybe uh, maybe you lose a little bit of that technique and you've got to try and focus back to where your, your hands are going and keeping your head down um, as opposed to, you know, looking up all the time when you're in the, in the ocean. Um, and it's a bit of... Uh, it's a bit chaotic in the ocean as well. You know, you, quite often you've got a whole lot of swimmers around you. Yes. I've done I've done ocean swims where I've nearly drowned from people crying, trying to climb over the top of me, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty it's, it's, pretty rough out there. it's pretty hectic out there sometimes, my word. <laughs> yeah. 
it's um it's a bit hectic when you're running in at the start of an ocean race everyone's porpoising through the water and uh and then you get out and until people start having that space between them it is pretty rough isn't it yeah, it certainly is look i've had some interesting experiences with ocean swims and the worst one i ever did was one in spain <laughs> in san in uh, san sebastian uh there was a thousand swimmers wow and they all went off go no <laughs> really there was no there was no waves it was There's all no way you can imagine and i i really tried to get out to one side of the swimmers but even then I, it, that was one of the most dangerous swims i've done yeah. I, people were just climbing all over me and i thought my god i'm gonna drown here oh my god but i eventually sort of got away a bit and i ended up winning uh, i think it was this uh i was getting towards the end of my 60s but i won the 50 plus age group. <laughs> I've been at 50 and over age group. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. And I won myself a little glass trophy and a few other accolades. <laughs> so it was nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, just going back to the FINA Worlds, how many of those have you been to over the journey? Oh, gee, uh, numbers wise, I've been, uh, the first one I went to was in Brisbane in 1988. Right. Yep. Uh, then I went to Riccioni in 2004. I've been to, well, last year went to, or year before went to Korea. That was the last one. Yes. Uh, one before that was in uh, Hungary, in Budapest. Budapest, yep. And then Sweden. Um, what have I forgotten? Any others? Oh, back to Riccioni. Riccioni twice. Yes, yeah, Riccioni. Yeah, Rich only in 2012. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And what's been your favorite location other than Perth? Oh, Riccioni was really good. Yeah. yeah really good. Um, great complex, like two big, large 50 meter pools. One's outside, one's inside. So, you know, normal world fixtures, males in one, females in the other. And you alternate each day. Yeah. But um, fantastic accommodation right on the seaside lots of pasta and really good social atmosphere um yeah really really enjoyable with Chani. really both times really enjoyed it and uh, and the first time was um really enjoyable because i swam really well and the second time 2012 i did okay but not as well as 2004 yes yeah, yeah. how do you find um dealing with the jet lag when you go away for something like that to race Oh, you've, I think you've got to go. I never go to a, a, a swim overseas, whether it be a ocean swim or world championships. I never go there with the purpose of that's the swim. It's really a holiday. Yes, <laughs> you go for a holiday and swim's part of the holiday. Um, yeah. So uh, I've always done that. So we generally get there a week before. Yes, um, yes. If it's not directly in that particular town or country it might be some other country it might be london and then you go across from london across to sweden or across to budapest or whatever um so the jet lag's pretty much gone by the time you're ready to start racing yeah 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 fantastic and i met your lovely daughter angela at the recent um australian masters nationals and we didn't yeah. see you. we didn't see you there where where were you and what were you doing well, my partner and I, Sue, we're, we're going overseas on Monday. We're going to the UK and US, so we're desperately trying to avoid getting COVID. <laughs> so, of course. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, Sue didn't want to risk going to Sydney to get, you know, on the chance we might end up getting COVID and not be able to fly. So yeah, that's we're, just, we're doing everything we can to try and avoid getting COVID. 
But um, yeah, it's interesting with Angela because uh, she was always, uh, I think when she was training hard when she was younger, she was, um, she got in front of me, certainly in the 800s and 400s, she started to beat my times, which I was very disappointed about. <laughs> so she gradually got there and then went past me, but then it reversed. And then I was got in front of her and I was swimming a lot faster than her, but now it's gone back the other way. She's swimming <laughs> a lot faster than me now. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, it's, inter- well. it's, interesting, it's interesting how that cycle goes, yeah. yeah. But I am slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself racing back at nationals again? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I love the nationals, yeah. I've been to probably oh, probably at least 20, I suppose. Uh, I, I can't remember. I've been to a lot of nationals, you know, certainly two or three in Tassie, quite a few in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. I haven't been to – I didn't go to um, the one in Darwin and the one in Rockhampton, was it? I didn't, yes. I didn't go to those. Yes, okay. Um, but there was certain Launceston, Hobart – yeah, I've been to most most of them. Yep. Yeah, nice. I think there was one in Darwin as well, wasn't there? I think was there one in Darwin? Or... That might have been before I started yeah. Masters. Yeah, I haven't been yeah. to Darwin, but I did go to Rockhampton. That was a really nice pool, actually. Really. Lovely. Yeah, I saw the photos from that. It looked really good. Yeah, yeah, really nice complex, all outdoors, but under like under a big sort of shade tent. I really hope you're enjoying our podcasts, both Torpedo Swim Talk and TST Quick Splash. And if you are, could I please ask a small favour before you go today? If you could scroll down to the bottom of our episodes on Apple Podcasts and write us a review, that would really mean the world to me. I read them all and it really inspires me to keep bringing you more content because then I know that I'm reaching out to all those master swimmers out there who want to hear more. So if you could just take a few seconds to do that, it would be great. Thanks so much. Yeah, look, that's one of the things that I love about master swimming. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've met some fabulous friends from all around Australia and uh, even overseas, you know, some of your arch rivals that are overseas, you get to know them. And uh, I remember the guy named Terry Downs from South Africa came across him, really good swimmer in my age group. Um, yeah, marvellous swimmer. Yeah, excellent. Well, he would have been an Olympian if South Africa had have allowed them to swim. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great social thing as well as a, a competitive thing. So you can make it what you want. Agreed. Uh, after swimming and... Um, yeah, if you're lucky enough to be good enough, fine. But you know, I've got to admire all those swimmers that probably never, they'll probably never win their age group, or you know, um, but there they, are, there they are trying their heart out. You know, so I, I admire them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Graham, I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast fast five swimming questions. Mm-hmm. So just tell me the first answer that pops into your head. The favourite pool that you've ever swum at. Uh, probably Perth, HBF Stadium, I'd say. Yep. 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 In, so favorite, indoors, indoors, not the indoors. Outdoors. Okay, not outdoors. <laughs> favorite um, ocean swim location? Oh, uh, definitely the Dardanelles. Yes. Yeah, in Turkey. Um, 6K, five or five and a half, 6K swim across the Dardanelles. Amazing swim. I yeah, recommend what? it to any. Yeah, it's a bit hard. Politically, it's a little bit not quite as good as what it was. But um, yeah, amazing swim to do yeah i think it's still it's still there still going but it's probably not quite as as good as it was because of the political unrest that's going on at the moment yeah what makes it so great is it the scenery or just oh just it's just 
what you do when you register, you get uh, all you do is you get on this. Uh, there's a big boat, like a ship, basically. Everyone gets on this ship yeah. with just their bathers, and they give you a little pair of hotel slipper type things <laughs> you leave behind. <laughs> so you got them, your bathers, your goggles, your cap, and that's it. That's all you've got. And wow. you get on this ship and you go across the across the Dardanelles to the other town, and you all get off the ship and you line up on the beach and then you swim across the Dardanelles. But there's about a six to eight knot current running. It's it's a huge current, wow. uh, but you're swimming with the current. So the objective is you've got to try and swim. You aim for directly to the other side because it just gets swept down. And wow. if you do it correctly, you'll end up pretty much on the finish line. But there's a lot of swimmers that miss the finish line, and once they've gone past it, that's it. You can't get back. <laughs> so there's all these all these little boats waiting for all the swimmers that miss the finish to pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good sight to see. Oh, it was, but and when the year I did it, it was a bit choppy, and it was a, it, yeah, it was a bit of a tough swim. But I ended up finishing right on the finish line and just went straight in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. I, I can't remember the exact time. It was 42 minutes or something for 5K. It was, like, pretty quick. Wow, that's quick, isn't it? That tide's moving quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and I met some met some really nice people on that swim as well. It's, it's been my favourite. Yeah, oh, nice. I'll have to put that on the list. And do you prefer kick or pull when you're training? Oh, God, the pull. pull. Yeah, yeah, pull. Okay. yeah, I hate kick, can't kick. <laughs> What's your favourite freestyle drill to do in training? Uh, catch up. Um, yeah, catch up or maybe one arm. Yeah. Uh, one arm because uh, it really does make my kick, make, makes me work my kick. Yes. Uh, which is really good because you've, you've got a kick when you're doing yep. one arm and you also got a kick when you're doing catch up. So it's good to do drills that actually make your kick, you know, work your kick. Do you, when you're doing your one arm drill, do you have your arm by your side, your other arm by your side, or do you keep it out in front? I generally have it out in front. Yep. Yep. Uh, sometimes, obviously, it's a bit uh, not quite as um, was it comfortable with it on your by your side. Yes. But they're both good. But I prefer to do the drill with it because it actually gets your hand going. The hand you your the arm you're working actually gets it going into the correct space uh, when you come over into the water. Yeah, and do you alternate when you're doing one arm, or do you? Do oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do. I'll generally either do twenty-five, twenty-five, or fifty-fifty. Yeah, awesome. And what's your favourite go-to training set? Probably just a whole bunch of fifties, maybe fifty-fifties. Fifty-fifties. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> what well, you break. You, I, yeah, I, I mean, when you do things like that, you break them down into lots. Yeah. You know, it might be ten lots and five. Or yep. five, sorry, five lots of ten, yep. um, and then you'll. It, it might be, um, you know, it might be twenty-five kick into stroke, or you know, um, twenty-five hard, twenty-five easy. Whole, you know, mix it all up so it's fifty-fifties, but it's not just fifty-fifties. It's a whole mixture of things. Yes, and when you're doing those freestyle, what what time interval are you going on? Uh, generally, it'll be a minute. Yep. Um, when I was a bit younger, <laughs> uh, I might have done them on uh, 50, um, but uh, and sometimes 45, even when I was a bit younger. Um, now it's a, a minute, and if I'm trying to do a bit of quality, I'll make it 115, but yes. most times it's on a minute. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for joining us today, Graham. It's been lovely to have you on the podcast and hear about your swimming journey. And um, I think that everyone listening is going to have some really good advice that they can take away and put into their own training and racing. So thank you so much. Oh, my, my pleasure. And uh, thank you for inviting me to talk to you. Yeah, it's been great connecting. So hopefully to see you on pool deck sometime soon. Yeah, I hope so. I might see you at the next Nationals. Yeah, for sure. I, I believe they're in, uh, where are they? Hobart. Hobart, yeah. Hobart. I'll definitely be there. I'll be there. Yes. yes no. <laughs> in a new age group, by the way. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that's always a good one. <laughs> yeah, because I'm uh, now, I'll be next 75 to 79 age group next year. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's always good to, that's the only the only time it's good to age up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, at the moment, I'm right at the bottom, at the, you know, at the end of it, and it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, have a lovely time on your trip overseas. And, Thank you um, very much. And we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, I look forward to seeing more of your or hearing more of your podcasts as well. Yes, thank you. Okay, okay. take care, right. Graham. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening into the podcast with Graham today. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to take something back to your own swimming after hearing his swim journey. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now. <laughs>